You're listening to Soul Work with Song, where we believe your soul is worth the work. Now, in today's episode, we gotta talk about the desperately needed yet often complicated practice, and that is community. So if you're having a tough time to find or better yet, stay with your peoples, this one's just for you. You ready? Let's work. Hey fam, say fam, we back at it again for another one. (laughs) Here's to hoping everyone's week is going well. All is well here. Rue and I were working on some projects. The kids are back in school because we made it through spring break. And I'm constantly reminding myself that what I find overwhelming in this season is what I prayed for in the last season. So gratitude has given me the right perspective to continue. Anybody else feeling that way? Like, It gets hectic, but then you got to thank him because this is what you wanted. Yes, (laughs) I hope I'm not alone in that, but I'm learning a lot about pressure and creativity and productivity in this season. It's it's been very rewarding. Uh, The other thing I'm learning is to just get rid of those fears and even some entitlements and just try. Just try. That's it. If it works, great. And if it doesn't, then what did the failure teach me? Because failure is a teacher, not an identity. Right. Like failure is also evidence of courage because it shows you tried something. It is so much easier to critique a thing than to create something. So if you're creating something and that doesn't matter what it is, it could be your family's dinner menu or a dope ebook or trying a new recipe or a website or a devotional journal. I'm whatever it is. Do it unto the Lord. Ignore the critics, you know, the ones with the full mouths, but empty hands and enjoy the process more than the outcome. All right, that's it for me. Just sharing a few things I've been telling myself this week. I hope it encourages you to just try. Start where you are and take the risk. Now, here's the quick review. We're talking spiritual disciplines all this season because I believe it's key to a prolonged life with Jesus. I gotta admit this. This week, I fell hard down the rabbit hole of reading and watching people's deconstruction journeys. It's really fascinating to me. So one YouTuber that I watched, he made a very valid point about it. He was sharing that what he's found is almost like a correlation between the most hardcore fundamentals being the folk that fade fast when their faith gets tested. He actually, his sentence was the opposite of faith is fundamentalism. I don't know how I feel about it. I'm just quoting the dude. Now, his point is it's the ones who are shoving their views of what Christianity is supposed to look like. Those are the ones who end up being some of the first and biggest defectors of the faith. Now, this is no shade to anyone that's decided to leave Christianity. If that's you or if you're listening and you're on the fence with what you think about Jesus or you're still searching to solidify what your faith looks like beyond that of your parents or culture, please know you are always welcome here. I'm open to and I'd love to have conversations with anyone willing to share what that experience is or has been for them. For those of us in this community who do continue to believe, this whole season is geared towards equipping us with the tools needed to endure. Because for me, there's this insidious seduction in our culture to redefine everything so that its primary purpose is to be self-serving. And it's even snuck its way into our churches. 
So now, if it doesn't convenience, affirm, or celebrate ourselves in the way that pleases us the most, then we cut it off or cut off the person or the organization, and we want no parts of it. My question is, how is that leaving us? And I'm already kind of jumping into my main topic here, but the point is the practices found in this season, they all come from the life and love of Jesus with the understanding that while we do not aim for impossible perfection, we do strive for imitation and duplication of his life so that we can have an abundant one, fam. Like sometimes we have this hyper dutiful approach to understanding Christianity and it does have its place. It really does. Jesus did the will of his father, even when he didn't want to. Garden of Gethsemane, right? But Jesus also was a person of joy and celebration constantly. That's just who he was. He didn't heal and deliver. He did not conduct any miracles from a place of anger or annoyance with the people he helped. Which is why it's always mind boggling to me when you have people minister and there's so much hostility or anger in the delivery. Like I just I it just it's just weird to me. Like on whose behalf are you speaking, ma'am, sir, sir, ma'am? It, I'm going to leave it alone. But that's my little spiel on that. It's my point is it's not an accident that his first miracle happened at a wedding, a celebration, a party. We'll talk more on this subject when we get to the practice, because practicing celebration is actually a whole (laughs) discipline out here. But here's my thing. Yes, there may be plenty of reasons to ponder and doubt and question the validity of this faith. But the good news is God is big enough to handle our questions. Your Sunday school teacher may not have been. Your leader or pastor may not have been. I am not big enough to handle all the questions, but God is. Lastly, if we remove the cynical layers and simply look at it from a reasonable and logical perspective, following Jesus as a way of life makes the most sense and opens us up to having the most joy in this life. This season's goal is to equip you, if you're one who wants this way, to find just that. So I'll end with this quote that I found in Dallas Willard's book, The Spirit of the Disciplines. Wonderful book. Read it whenever you get the chance. He quotes G.K. Chesterton, who puts it perfectly. He says this, Christianity has not so much been tried and found wanting as it has been found difficult and left untried. Left untried, fam. So our goal is to push back on the narrative that it's too hard or it's too hypocritical or too fill in the blank. And here we are showing up again to do what? Practice. Let's go. community, uh, some may even call it squad, right? Defined community is a unified body of individuals with common interests living within a particular area. Another definition to this is a body of persons of common interests scattered through a larger society. Now, this is important because as we navigate a post COVID-19 world, many of us have come together or even been kept apart from our typical community. So where community was once very location specific, the world as we know it now has created an opportunity for us to be connected in ways that weren't as effective as before. So I don't know about you, but since the pandemic, 
my phone calls and even my FaceTimes with my friends and family that are far, they're more valuable to me now than they were, say, two years ago when I could have just hopped on a flight or they'd come down here. You know, it's just different. But here's the thing. We can't talk community without discussing its opposite and the crushing pain it's causing millions of people. And that is loneliness. One writer describes Americans as the loneliest people in the world. Yes, he's very optimistic that day when he wrote that. I'm going to share a few stats because they blew me away when I first heard them. Now, NPR, The Atlantic and New York Times are some of my sources for those who are interested. A recent survey found that more than three out of five Americans would classify themselves as lonely, reporting that they felt left out, misunderstood or lacking companionship. Of that number, 35% of Americans report that they're chronically lonely. Here's another one. Only 8% report that they've had a conversation with their neighbor within the past year. 8%. Now, here's the one that actually got me. In 1984, the average American reported they had three confidants. A recent report shared that 25% now have zero. One-fourth of our nation, fam, has no one that they can share themselves with. And just to solidify that this has nothing to do with marital status, another survey found that almost 31% of married people 45 years and older report being lonely. One-third of married couples. See, you can be with somebody and still feel alone. And to provide further clarity that age ain't nothing but a number with this thing, Millennials and Gen Z, they scored the highest on the lonely scale, with boomers coming in at the lowest rates. So to sum these numbers up, loneliness is a huge problem affecting all demographics. No one is immune to feeling alone. Loneliness is not just something that affects the emotions either. Like one physician explains that loneliness is the great pathology for our lives today. It's linked to increasing the likelihood of anxiety, depression, and dementia. It is known to increase inflammation, which leads to a compromised immune system, which leaves people vulnerable to all types of diseases. Dr. Douglas Nemesek, the chief medical officer for behavioral change at Cigna, he said this, loneliness has the same impact on mortality as smoking 15 cigarettes a day, making it even more dangerous than obesity. In the same study, 54% of people reported that they felt like no one knew them well. Yo, more than half of the people don't feel known. He just became confirmed. So he was former, but now he's also the current Surgeon General. Congratulations, Dr. Vivek Murthy. He said this, during my years caring for patients, the most common pathology I saw was not heart disease or diabetes. It was loneliness. More and more health officials are viewing loneliness as a public health crisis because of its prevalence in our community. Man, listen, the first time I saw these stats, I was dumbfounded, like super surprised. How did we get here? How did this happen? We're the most connected humans in history. We have access to millions of people at all times just from this small rectangular device that fits in our pocket. And yet, we've never been more anxious, more depressed, or felt more alone. As a society, we're more individualistic than we've ever been also. 
It's more about being our best selves and doing me no matter what. Perhaps there's a correlation here. Like, is it possible that all of the rhetoric and glamorous marketing of living to please ourselves is costing us just that? Like, fam, I'm all for self-care, hear me. But what happens when in our obsession with caring for ourselves, we're left to ourselves? Like, is this how it was supposed to be? Now, fam, listen, uh, this study for this particular topic, it has messed me up. So I'm about to share a truth with you that you probably already know, but I'll tell you this, it upsets me sometimes. (laughs) You ready for it? We need people to thrive. We need relationships. We need community. That daggone Hezekiah Walker was right. I need you to survive. Yeah, I want you to sing it to your bestie just like that and watch God move in your relationship. (laughs) I'm just playing. I'm being silly today. Um, I couldn't help myself. You know, I love them off notes. But anyway, back to the thing. I want to share three truths about community that I hope will help us in our practice. But you know what? Here's the thing. I just took a look at my notes, right? And I'm going to break this episode into two parts. Let's, Let's just do that spontaneously. Here's why. Community is so crucial as we forge ahead, and I want to give it the time it deserves without making this episode exceeding in the worst way. But the bigger reason is after going over these stats on loneliness, I think it's important for us to take some time not only to reflect on what this means for us as a nation, but fam, like I feel like we need to put this to prayer. Right. Like there are so many people that are battling with feeling alone. And it was never on a very serious tip. It was never the father's intention for us to live this way. Like if you make a list of the first 10 people who pop up in your mind, who are in your community, based on those stats we discussed earlier, it is safe to say that more than half of them are struggling in this area, whether they care to admit it or not, no matter their age, marital status, income, none of that. It is hitting us deep. So. Will you take up this invitation to join me in taking time to pray for our community in the area of loneliness? Will you join me with that this week? I think that would be really dope. So here's what I will do. I'll give you a snapshot of the three points. And next week, we'll take a deeper look at them as well as discover the rhythms of community. There's there's a few of them that are really great to get into. And we'll also discuss how if you find yourself in a bit of a desert or by yourself loneliness, we'll we'll talk about how to seek out and find community of your own. So let me give you three truths about community. Number one, community is scary, but it's the best way to grow. Number two, community can be hard and oftentimes messy. We're going to dig into that one. Number three, my favorite community is opportunity. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to wrap up what may or may not be a shorter episode today. I am really, really passionate about this topic of community. So expect part two to be full and fun and expect to hear about building community in future episodes. That's really important to me. It's heavy on my heart. In the meantime, I'd love to hear your experience with this, either from the side of building community or being in community. Perhaps you've been burned or even blessed by community. Or if you're willing to share, my friend, I want to hear about your experience with loneliness. This is a topic we need to examine on a deeper level collectively. 
No shame, just sharing. Remember, it's our journey and we're healing together. So hit me up. I'm on IG at San Pope, uh, S-A-H-N-P-O-P-E or hello at soulworkwithsan.com. That's hello at soulworkwithsan.com. I'd really love to hear your stories. And that's it. Thank you so much for being with me today, fam. If you found any value in today's episode, can you please leave a rating and review? Uh, I've gotten a few more in the past week or so, and I'm really grateful for that. Thank you so much to every listener and every reviewer and to our community that we're building. Let's get the word out about this work. Now, remember, fam, you know how we close out every week. You're only going to hear one of two statements on that fateful day. Well done or depart from me. Let's live accordingly. Love you. Talk soon. Mm -hmm.